Welcome to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. Join your host, Mark Slight, as he gets the best information, inspiration, help, and advice from the world's best athletes, performance coaches, and health experts so that you can look, move, and feel your best at 40 and beyond. Remember, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Mark Slight. Good morning, good afternoon or good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's a pleasure to have you back on the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. Here we are, episode 51 with Karen Austin, and today we are going to talk about menopause. Once a month, here in Milton Keynes, where the podcast is based, where I'm recording this from now, I hold a meeting, a local free meeting called Coffee for the Soul. And it's a great chance for 10 to 15 people to come sit down with me, have a coffee, as I said, free of charge, and just talk about the health issues of the day or of the month. You know, we generally pick a subject and we we talk about that, but we talk about everything and we sit and ask questions. People share their their, their good points, the bad points, how the month's gone, what they're struggling with, what's been a real success for them. And it's a great mini community that, that really inspires and, and educates and helps everyone else. Um, this week just gone though, I did say that as much as I can talk about the things I talk about on the podcast, I talk about fear, I talk about change, I talk about nutrition and exercise lifestyle. I talk about everything from a position of experience. But I did openly say to them that weight loss is something I've never had to go through. I've been consistent over the years. I've never, my weight has never gone up and down. So to actually talk about weight loss itself from an experience point of view, I can't do that. I I know the science behind it. I've been around weight loss for as long as I've been in the health and wellness industry and long before that as well. But I can never share an experience of how I lost 10 stone because it's never happened. On the flip side, I, I recently went to a wedding a couple of weeks ago. And it's only actually only the second wedding I've been to as an adult, which seems to surprise a lot of people. To me, that seems perfectly normal. But to everyone else, that's a bit of a shock. Everyone seems to have gone to like 30 or 40 weddings in their life. I've gone to two. Um, but they were 10 years apart. And I actually wore the same suit because I don't tend to wear a suit very often. So I dusted the suit down, got it cleaned. And I wore the same suit a couple of weekends ago that I wore 10 years previously. And it fitted exactly the same. So while I'll openly say I can't talk about drastic weight loss, I I am proof that small habits, small daily habits and staying consistent really make a difference because my weight in that 10 years hasn't gone up and down. It's stayed consistently the same. My body shape has stayed consistently the same. So that's a huge plus point. And the reason I've brought Karen on to the show today is because there's one other subject I can't talk about from experience and that is menopause. I have experienced menopause from a male point of view. I've been in and around ladies that are going through menopause. But obviously, as a man, I can't talk about menopause itself from an experienced point of view. I understand the science of it. I've studied it. I do understand the changes, but I don't understand enough of how it impacts a lady. I really don't. I can, you know, I can read the textbooks and I can I can listen and I can talk to ladies and I can understand it. But I'll never truly understand it because I'm not a lady and I've never been through that situation. Karen has. And Karen is on the podcast today to openly talk about, and and when I say openly, she's very, very open about her experience of menopause, the experience she has with her clients, Karen being a health and wellness coach herself. 
And it's a fascinating subject. And what I wanted to do, I didn't want to just get Karen on and Karen just to tell you things you already knew. I wanted Karen to be very open and, and tell tell maybe a side of the experience that you might have thought was just was just you. Certain things that maybe you didn't want to talk about, but Karen talks about everything. I also wanted to play devil's advocate a little bit and and share what it's like from the male point of view. How does how does a lady going through menopause affect the male in a relationship? Because a lot of ladies who are at that time in life are, are married, have got children, are in a long-term relationship maybe. And it can be difficult for a man as well. Difficult for a man to know how to behave, how to say the right things and, and you know, what not to say and, and how one day is completely different from the next maybe. Um, so it's good from that point of view that maybe at the end of this podcast today, ladies going through the menopause will understand a bit more about what the husband is maybe going through whilst you're going through it and guys if you're listening let's try and be a bit more empathetic and let's try and understand it a little bit more and let's try and um, understand that maybe the woman is not you know biting her head off because she wants to maybe there's just (laughs) there's hormone changes going on that we don't quite understand and this could be a benefit to to everyone to both sexes by going through this podcast Again, I want to apologise in the last episode. It's taken far too long to get these episodes out. I apologise to Karen. I apologise to the listeners. apologise to everyone involved in the podcast that it's taken so long. Um, life has just got in the way over the last year, and I can only apologise for that. But as we discuss this, this subject now, we discuss the menopause as I bring Karen in, please just sit there with, with an open mind and listen to both sides Um neither of us are saying it's it's worse for the male or worse for the female we're just trying to try to understand both sides of a relationship during this time so please sit back as i said this is not going to be split this is a full episode i'm not going to interrupt karen throughout the time um sit back for the next 45 50 minutes enjoy listening to karen enjoy the subject there's some there's some humor in there as well so it's a great listen and um i'll speak to you again very shortly Hi, Karen. Welcome to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. It's great to have you on. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> so where, whereabouts are you at the moment? Um, I'm in Manchester at the moment, sunny Manchester. Yeah. Um, Rochdale, actually. Kind of Rochdale, North. north. <laughs> I'm getting used to it. I've had quite a few um, Manchester-based ladies on the podcast already. Quite a few northerners on. I'm, I'm getting used to the accent now. <laughs> we don't think we've got an accent. <laughs> No, I'm sure it sounds like I've got one, but uh, definitely from here, it sounds like you've got an accent. But I'm I'm getting used to it. So today we're going to talk about the menopause mainly. Um, But before we get into that, and before (laughs) we just talked about it off air, there's going to be a lot of embarrassing questions coming from a male point of view. There's a lot of things us men don't understand about the menopause. And equally, there's probably our opinion of the menopause is, is different to yours. And you probably don't I think when you read the text, there's a lot of text that says men should be this and men should understand and men should sort of back off a little bit and give you a lot of space. But equally, I think it would be good for the women to understand how the menopause affects the husbands and the boyfriends as well, because it definitely does affect us. Yeah, I don't think women even understand themselves, to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah. No well, be, it would be really good to get an honest take of it from, from both sides, I think. Just before we get into that, um, we was talking as well previously about your time of your life between your 30s and your 40s wasn't the best time for you, was it? No. So can you tell us a little bit about, firstly, what you do, how you got started in the industry, what's led you up to this point, and that, that pretty bad 10 years you had? Yeah. Um, well, from a young girl, I've always been into 
exercise and fitness, but mostly dancing. Um, when I was 16, I won a scholarship to the Northern Valley School, so I was studying as a, I wanted to be a professional dancer. But that was kind of the start of my anxiety and, and feeling well, panicky. And I couldn't cope with living away from home and it was, I was probably too young. Um, so I ended up leaving because I just couldn't cope with like anxiety at the time. And I moved back home because I'm originally from Carlisle. Um, and because I've always been into the fitness industry, um, there was a little gym opening in, in Carlisle. And I thought, oh, let's just go for it. There was a vacancy and I got the job. And they trained me. So to cut a long story short, they trained me in the gym and then I started to get qualified in exercise to music. So it was the next best thing to me, you know, like than dancing. So um, it kind of grew from there. So I moved to Manchester, I met a partner. And so I moved from Carlisle back to Manchester, which was surreal considering I was already in Manchester when I was 16. And um, I started just teaching in gyms, being self-employed, traveling around, freelancers taught everything going. Um, and then in my, so that was in my twenties and in my thirties, everything started to change. Um, I'd moved here, I didn't have any family here. Me and my, my partner, um, we ended up splitting up. He left me in a lot of debt. And then on top of that, um, my dad got diagnosed with cancer. At the same time, my mum got diagnosed with dementia. So as you can imagine, someone who suffers from anxiety as well and like living on your own, is trying to start your own business. Um, and anybody who knows who like works for gyms and freelance, they can just drop you at any time. So I'm trying to keep my head above water. Um, I'm trying to deal with my, my dad um, and his cancer, my mum with dementia, um, paying bills. So it was just like a really horrible time. Um, and then unfortunately, my dad died of cancer and it wasn't nice. Um, I mean, I know it's not nice but you know when people say that they've passed away and peacefully it was horrible but then at the same time my mum dementia and um, so I've kind of lost them both at the same time and not having any security not having anybody to fall back on um, and I think when you're in your 30s a lot of your friends are married aren't they? they've all got their own lives and I, I just kind of, kind of felt totally alone and then to top it off my dog died it was the only thing I had left oh dear yeah, so it was just like, I was like, what is going on? Um, but I think these things come along, you know, to make you a lot stronger person. And I think me teaching exercise obviously helped and being self-employed. I had to get up, I had to get on with it because otherwise I wouldn't get paid. But from that to how I got into like all of the menopause during this time, um, I was having to do more classes than ever, you know, to try and pay the bills. So I was teaching more classes than what I was in my twenties and I was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and um, tired, just knackered constantly. Um, and then I discovered, I was thinking, well, I can't exercise anymore. I can't eat any less. Um, what is going on? So I started studying um, and I don't know if any of your listeners will know Dr. J. Teeter and Keona Teeter from America. Um, I started reading up on their, on their knowledge and it was all about how hormones matter and how too much exercise, your lifestyle, how you eat, everything affects your hormones and it's not just as simple, you know, as exercising more and eating less, it's impossible um, and it has the opposite effect. So 
I just loved that, started researching it, started setting up my own courses and with huge success with my women. So that's kind of how it started really. I started moving out of the gyms because I realized it's just a fickle world, the gym, in my opinion. And you, you know, you easily replace the dog value. And I moved to like setting up my own business really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So had you put on quite a bit of weight during the thirties then when all this trouble was, was going on in the background, had that affected your weight? Yeah, and it wasn't just because I was eating rubbish because in fact I was stressed and hardly eating anything, you know. So I lost the weight initially, but after a while, just doing the same, like eating what I was, I was just gaining weight, especially around the middle. Um, I was exercising, doing 30 classes, taking part in them, and me thinking, well, I need to do more classes if I need to shift this weight around the middle. And it was just a vicious circle. I wasn't getting anywhere. Um, and I was just absolutely exhausted and tired. And I just thought something has to change. So it was when I discovered Dr. Jade and Keone. Um, that's when I realised what actually was happening. And that stress, eating less, over-exercising, is just going to disrupt how your metabolism works. Yeah. Um, it's a common thing, though, isn't it, in, in the industry that... And, and when people go to lose weight, they think it's all about eating less or maybe even some people think eating better quality food, but it's about eating and exercising and that's all it is. But yeah. so many people neglect the, the lifestyle and your environment and your relationships and it all matters, but people don't really see at the minute how that makes a difference. If you tell someone to lower stress levels or, or have better relationships, they think, why, why is that going to affect me losing weight? I've got inches around my middle. Yeah. How is me sleeping a little bit more going to affect that but it totally totally does yeah, it does and I felt at first I was like banging my head against a brick wall with some women I was like you're just training too much you've got to eat a bit more and they're like well they're terrified absolutely terrified that if they cut down on the exercise and they eat more that you know that that's gonna make it the issue worse sorry yeah. popped up on the screen there All right. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it's, a common, it's a common thing with women, um, particularly, that you must, and I, I see it regularly as well, that you must train more, you must eat less. And as you said there, it has the opposite effect, and you're, you're living proof of that because now you're, you're past that stage, you've done your studying, and I'm guessing the weight has, has fallen away. Yeah, just started tweaking it. Instead of taking part in every single class, I coached it a lot more. Because I used to think, you know, being younger, I had to be the one at the front looking good. It's quite embarrassing now, you know, <laughs> but I had to do them with them and show them, you know, and like after a while, it was like, it's not about that. You know, I was, I, was caught, I wanted to coach them more and I just tweaked my diet and within about a couple of months, I'd kind of like five inches had dropped, you know, like around the middle and I was like, wow. And I was starting to feel a lot better in myself. But what I didn't realise at the time is my body was acting like a menopausal woman. It's not until I studied, you know, like the menopause now, I realise how stressed your body can take on that response of a, of a menopause woman. Um, yeah. So in a way, I kind of had the symptoms in my 30s of the weight gain. You know, like a lot of women, that's what they're mourn about is the weight gain. Yeah. So have you, was you working on the menopause with the women a, a conscious decision or did you just find that you were slowly talking about it more and more and it was becoming more prominent in your conversations with your clients? It kind of gradually went that way because I talked about hormones a lot 
and because I was probably by this time in my mid 30s late 30s I was attracting a lot of women in the 40s 50s um and I don't know I'm, I think I must be one of those people that people just seem to tell me everything every, whether I want to know it or not all about the personal life and the hormones and everything so it just became a natural thing and then obviously I studied more and I trialed a lot of things on my clients and obviously I, I trialed stuff on myself and it start, all started to work and make sense so so now I'm kind of known for it kind of by accident you know around the whole area that I'm the one if you're struggling with your hormones and you're a hormonal mess and you can't lose weight go and see Karen <laughs> <laughs> that's great I think I think it just shows a lot of trust I, I get my clients telling me all kinds of things. And I remember how shocked I was when I first started out and people would tell me things about their sex life and all this kind of stuff. Wow, I, I never expected you to open up like that. But I think it just shows a, a good level of trust in you as a coach for them to do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so we talked before about some... I'm gonna, I said I'm going to pile a load of embarrassing questions at you from a male point of view. So um, we'll start with the, um, the first one. And feel free not to answer any of these if you like. We'll see. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> let, let me start by asking how much you weigh. How much I weigh? Actually, about nine stone, nine twelve. Okay. Do you know what? I didn't expect you to answer that one. Yeah. Um, the only reason I asked you that is because men shouldn't ask a lady how old she is. And I just think it's much easier if I ask you how old you are after I've asked how much you weigh. So <laughs> it's not, not so offensive then, is it? Why would you want to know how much I weigh? <laughs> just to make the second question a bit easier i was just trying to find out how old you are really i am 45 okay so you're at a stage now you, you said before where you're just starting to go through menopause maybe you're starting to get a few of the symptoms come yeah. through yeah it's um well my mum went through it really young um this is why i don't like you know the generalization that it's not until you're 50 you go through it my mum went through menopause when she was 39 there's people who have to have hysterectomies and, you know, they, they go through an early menopause. But with me, yeah, I'm 45 and I've noticed in the past two years my cycle changing, um, which can be a bit annoying because um, you don't know where you are. But also the low moods, the very low moods. And for somebody who's previously suffered from depression and anxiety, it can really heighten it you know, um, and I understand why, but because I understand why, because of the estrogen and progesterone drops in your body, it's less of a stress in my brain because I know why it's happening. And I think if you know why things are happening, you can cope with it more. Um, but yeah, most thing to me is like irritable. I can't, you know, when people laugh, but you can't even bear somebody breathing next to you sometimes, you know, hearing them eat or somebody in the shop, they're too close or just anything. It's like, it's, it is bizarre. But you know it's irrational, but you just like, you can't help, you know. And I think this is the time where you need to take more self-care and chill and breathe. Maybe it's time to learn a bit more mindfulness. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so we, we, we did joke before that women can be quite hard to understand from a male yeah. point of view. And one day we could think we're doing something right. The next day it's totally wrong. Uh, we never know where we're at. And this is without you going through the menopause. Yeah. So what chance do we have when, when you say that you don't even understand from one day to the next what's going to happen? Your estrogen levels are, are, are falling all the time. Your mood levels are falling. You've got these mood swings. And we could walk in the room, say absolutely nothing, 
and we can hear your eyes roll from, from <laughs> across the room. So what chance do we have? What, what should we be doing for the, for the lady in our life if she is going through the menopause? Just leave them alone. <laughs> no, just um, It is really hard because they can't understand themselves half the time and why they're feeling like that. And, you know, you've just got to be there. Just be, just be supportive as much as you can. Don't take things to heart. They don't mean it. Um, but also, yeah, and I, it's another, it's dead strange because I've had some discussions with my clients as well. I mean, you probably know this as a man, but the older you get, I don't know whether you just become less tolerant. Well, especially women, we don't know because we've seen the same old crap, you know, year after year, you hear the same old rubbish and whether you become less tolerant or whether with the women, we don't know whether it's the menopause or we've become less tolerant and it's just like a big, you know. <laughs> well, when you say you've heard the same crap for years, do you mean from your partner? Or do you mean just generally? Everything. I think you just get to a point when you get into your 40s and you think, God, your 50s, you're like, you know, I'm sick of hearing this same shit all the time. <laughs> I'm sick of like putting up with things and listening to the same stuff on the telly. And it's like, I don't know, being treated badly at work or spoke to. And then if you say something, it's like, oh, she's hormonal, she's nutty, you know? And it's like, you know, sometimes you're just growing up and you're just fed up a bit. Um, but imagine that with all the hormones all over the place. It's yeah. your time bomb. But what I don't like is when people actually say, oh, it's just the hormones. Because sometimes it's not. Sometimes you're just fed up. <laughs> okay, so as a man, don't ever mention the menopause. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to start writing a list of things that to, to, to do and not to do. Yeah. Um, but we're kind of used to it in a way because, let, let's be honest, once a month you can be a bit hard to be around but now you're going from once a month to what potentially 10 years maybe eight to ten years at worst it varies for everybody some people like I said like my mum started at 39 but it can be everyone's got an individual story there's some people who float through it and there's hardly any issues there's some people like myself I feel like I've got the constant PMS symptoms um up and down but without the cycle um and you've got people who need to go to doctors you know they can't they've never had anxiety in their life but all of a sudden it comes on um and like there was a trainer gp as well and she was saying a lot of women at this time of the life they actually go to the her to see her with anxiety and depression and not realizing that it's actually the menopause that's bringing it on um mm. Because with you, what happens is you've got your brain serotonin levels and that's what keeps your mood happy. Um, and then you've got your GABA in your brain that helps you relax. And when you're kind of younger, you've got eating and progesterone and the help prime and the receptors in the brain. So if you've not got them, no wonder naturally your mood's going to go down. You can't relax the same, things are irritating you. Um, anxiety can appear when you've never had it before. Um, so everyone's story is different, you know, um, but I think if women can understand that and men like yourself can understand that it is normal and they're not just being a psychopath, you know, that that is actually what's happening in the brain, then they're more likely to understand and get help. I mean, you can eat. I mean, I think if you get your diet right and you learn mindfulness and exercise and do the right sort of, um, diet and exercise not just these fads then a lot you can help with a lot of symptoms but if you feel like you need help 
think there's nothing wrong with you know going to like HRT or maybe having to go on antidepressants because everyone's different. I don't think anybody should be you know penalised for it. Everyone's individual. Yeah, I've seen a lot of women before who maybe they're going through it a little bit younger. Like you say, they might have in their head that you're going to be 50 when you go through it and maybe they're going through it mid to late 30s mm-hmm. and they're, <clears throat> what's the word? They're, they're not blind to it, but they're refusing to admit that that's what they're going through. Yeah. So then they don't, they don't want to do the self-care practices. They don't want to go and get help purely because they think I'm too young for this. This is not what's happening. And talking to the husband, you're just being a pain in the ass. That's why I'm miserable. And yeah. how much does sort of owning up to it and, and realising where you're at, how much of a role does that play in it? I think they just need more educa- education about it because all the women I know and talk to when I've done surveys is that there's nowhere to go for help. Um, so if there's more education that you can start at any age, and it's not a bad thing. It was like I was saying to you earlier, you go through your teens and your hormones are all over the place, but you just see that as natural. The menopause is nothing to be embarrassed about or ashamed of. And I think the word menopause is horrible as well. I think it just sounds old. I've heard, I've heard that a lot this week. I've had a few women on, on social media moaning about that word. Yeah, and just like when you look on like social media, it's all like flowers and I don't know. It's kind of flowers and dreary and miserable and like, oh, you can't have children anymore and your world's ending. And I'm like, no, it's not. You should, I see it as another form of puberty. <laughs> <laughs> We're in our 40s. We know what we want, what we don't want, hopefully. And um, it, see it as a new chapter, a chapter to invent yourself. And how, how much does that affect women particularly that you've worked with that the fact that you can't have children anymore maybe that a chapter of your life is coming to a close and how much of a role does that play in in feeling depressed because to a lot of women that that might be a massive thing even though they might not have wanted kids or or they know that time's gone i think once once it physically goes and you know for definite that that part of your life has gone now that can be a big mental shift well yeah it can be i mean with me I'm different because I've never really wanted children, but I have spoke to people who've never wanted children, but when the choice is taken away from them, like you say, it, it's a different scenario. There's <clears throat> basically nothing, there's nothing you can do except be there, support them, and then realise that there is a way forward out of it. And, and then you get the women who have had kids and they're quite pleased, you know, they've done it and then they're ready to move on. So there's so many different, you know, they're seeing it as a new chapter because they've had the kids are growing up and it's their time. Um, it, it's, I don't know, I think it can just be as hard when you're younger and you've been told you can't have children or you're struggling to have children. And I don't think age should really come into it, if that makes sense. It can happen at any time. Some people can't have children. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, <clears throat> so what, what about, um, we talked about the hormones, um, what about the weight creeping up as well? That, that's quite common during the menopause, isn't it? And maybe one of the reasons alone is because you're feeling depressed and you maybe you're snacking a little bit more, but just generally your body's not functioning quite as efficiently as it used to and weight does generally creep up, creep on during the menopause. Yeah, well, yeah well, again, as long as people know why it's happening, you know, if, like, they'll understand now why they may be getting mood swings because of the estrogen and progesterone. But also a side effect of the lower estrogen and progesterone is that your body can't tolerate sugar the same and it can't tolerate um, stresses the same. Um, you've got a hormone called cortisol and insulin. 
And if you can't balance them through lifestyle and diet and exercise, then it has a domino effect. It'll affect your adrenals, it'll affect your thyroid, so it'll slow your metabolism down, and it can affect your, your reproductive um, system as well. And people don't realise that. Um, if you've got a thyroid issue, they'll go straight back to thyroid medication, um, etc. instead of thinking, right, if I can focus on these two hormones, cortisol and insulin, then the rest, you know, might fall into place regarding metabolism. Um, I hope that makes sense. Did that make sense? Well, yeah, it did to me. <laughs> um, I'm sure it does to everyone, because I'm sure everyone who's listening has heard me talk about that before. Yeah, but unfortunately, everything's coming at this one point in life as well, isn't it? Type yeah. 2 diabetes generally becomes more prevalent just yeah. as you get over 40. And, and this everything is coming together at this one junction in your life. You become more, um, you become more insulin resistant, which means you, as a woman, you can't just count calories anymore because as soon as you have sugar or starches, you can't tolerate it. Your insulin will shoot up and your body can't react the same, which hence why you hold the weight around the middle. Yeah. Which, which is why these fats don't work because they're cutting your calories right down um, and that's another stress on the body as well. So in simple terms, you've got to watch your sugar intake because you can't, your starches, so your calories should be coming more from protein, non-starchy um, vegetables and fruit, etc. And then most important thing is your stress levels because you can't tolerate stress which is hard considering you're feeling more stressed in the menopause, yep. but the slightest bit of cortisol, which is your stress hormone, you, your body just won't tolerate it and you're going to gain weight. Um, if, you, if you've got a problem with one hormone, you're going to have a problem with the other. So cortisol and insulin are just going to fight against each other all the time, which is why you've got a balance in both. Yeah, absolutely. And I say we've, we've talked about that a lot on the podcast, so I'm sure, um, sure everyone is, is starting to understand that now. Um, but it is... As you said, the, the fad diets like Weight Watchers and things a calorie at this, particularly at this point in life, calories are not just calories. You can get calories from, you can get the calories you need to survive every day from cake, or you can get it from fruits, vegetables, lean proteins. Yeah. When you're going through the menopause, particularly, makes a huge difference. Of you, as you've just said, eating yeah. cakes and stuff, which generally piles the weight on anyway, is oh, just yeah. going to be magnified at this point in your life. I think the majority of women will come to me and they're like, well. Weight Watchers or Slimming World or what I used to do when I was younger, the weight used to fall off. Why is it not happening now? Yeah. And I'm like, because your body's changing. You can't, it's not just enough counting calories. You've got to watch where those calories are coming from. You can't have your starches as much. Um, like I know some slimming groups, they'll say, have as much um, pasta and potatoes as much as you want. And you can't do that when you're in the menopause. I mean, some women can, everyone's different, but the majority of the women I see, can't just count calories yeah you've got to be thinking where those calories coming from um, and now they're satisfying your hunger they're satisfying your cravings your energy because if not then you're not going to stick to it which is why these fad quick fixes will never work yeah and, and as i was saying about the stresses on your body people don't realize stress you don't have to be depressed to be stressed either it's just everyday life you know not sleeping rushing to work skipping your lunch trying to exercise to lose weight, coming home, you've had the all day, but you have a glass, a couple of glasses of wine, all that is a stress on your body, which will raise that cortisol. And then and again, you're in a vicious circle because that's going to raise insulin. So it's them two things. Yeah, it goes back right to what we said at the start about lifestyle being a huge factor for your weight loss. 
Yeah. You brought up something really interesting there, um, sleep. Mm. I know that can be an issue for a lot of women in the menopause with hot flushes. Have You said you've just started to see symptoms of the menopause. Are hot flushes one of them? or? Um, I've not been too bad. I've been... Um... Because like I'm kind of just going in the snout a bit, but I hear it a lot from my clients. Um, I mine are more like as if you've got fluey symptoms. It is cold. Mine are more like cold sweats where you're hot, but then you're cold. Um, but I also hear a lot. Well, I know that a lot of people, women, just burn from inside and they'll just go red, um, and they can't stop, you know, sweating during the day, and it becomes embarrassing. But yeah, at night. Um, a lot of women I know have fans by the bed, <laughs> but. Once they've kind of, I have heard like responses from women, once they've maybe changed the diet, just like balancing the cortisol and insulin, then they've kind of reduced the hot flushes. And also they've even sometimes like, not had a period for years. And then all of a sudden the period can come because of the impact that the cortisol and insulin is having on every other part of the body, which is amazing really. Yeah. How doctors don't, you know, kind of educate the women on this side as well some women get away with it well others don't but a lot can be done between for like nutrition and health and exercise so would, would you say then that gp obviously obviously i've never been to a gp with this but would you say that they're not giving the help that the ladies need and the education that they need nine times out of ten no you will have some good doctors um i went a couple of years ago because um of my mood and just feeling really low and because I've suffered from anxiety and depression before I kind of knew when I was getting to the limit that I, I needed help and um, the basics of you're not going through the menopause because you're not 50 and I was so surprised I was like how can you just have a cut-off point you know what if I was 49 and a half you're not 50 yet so, and I was even more surprised as it, it was coming from a woman so I thought who was a bit older than me and I would have thought you know she would have understood um but i have got a client who's a gp and um she was saying that we're going to try and get together because she's noticed there's so many women that are not getting the support so we're going to be holding some workshops together and i think if you, if you feel like you're not alone and you can all grump a group of women together all sharing the stories and it really helps so yeah yeah so i think there just needs to be more awareness um, of why things are happening and people to talk to and it's not a taboo, uh, taboo subject no i think that one of the reasons i wanted to be so honest with you on this podcast is because for men it really is um for, for probably nine out of ten men it really is a taboo subject mm-hmm. talking about women's cycles and periods and, and not understanding the mood swings is really like i said we can't talk to you about it because you just bite our head off so <laughs> it's, it's really hard to understand um but there's the sleep. So a lot of women will have like night sweats and hot flushes during the night. Again, it's a vicious cycle because then they wake up, then they're a bit ratty during the day because they've not slept very well. Then you bite our head off when we come in, we try and make you dinner and you, you snap at us and then you snap at us the next day because we haven't made you dinner. And um, Is there anything they can do other than everything we've just touched on to help with the night sweats? Or is it just one of them things you have to kind of go through? There's nothing. And- there's nothing you can do really to help with the night sweat just go in the spare room <laughs> what you or the husband the husband of course no the, um i think you just got it is a time if you because if like you say if you go to bed and you're stressed and you can't tolerate stress the same you're not going to sleep easily anywhere 
stresses will bring on hot flushes as well, um, which is why I recommend to women at this point in the life is it's just important instead of scheduling all the exercise sessions i would maybe schedule three 30 minute workouts that included weights because that's going to use up any excess cortisol and make more use of it than doing loads of running and cardio and um schedule in which is just as important for r and r sessions which i mean like rest and restorative so like pilates get a pilates class booked in or a meditation class take time away have a bath you know, so it's so important, just those four things a week, to me, is more important than the going blasting exercise yourselves. Because if we can lower cortisol every single day without having to exercise, then the weight will drop off a lot easier. But yeah, I love that. Get through to people. Yeah, I love that. Not a lot of people are doing that. And it's, again, that's not just people in the menopause, that's just people in life generally are not scheduling that, that R&R time, which is, which is huge for us all. Um, okay, so staying with the bedroom then, um, two what things. What else are you going to ask about? Yeah, well, I'm going to ask you really embarrassing questions now. So let's start politely and, and gently dating. Let's imagine that you're, you're not in a relationship, but you're starting to go through the menopause or you're in the menopause and you're single and you want to date. How difficult is that then to date whilst going through the menopause? How much of a role... Does that play when you're going out, when you're trying to meet someone, when you're trying to be the best version of yourself, but maybe the best version isn't always coming out? I think, no, I don't think it makes a difference. I think when we, if we have to behave, it's, we can behave. It's just more everyday. I think on a, maybe be a bit more nervous or a bit more heightened, but isn't that for everybody, you know, who's going on a date or... So no, I don't think really that's that relevant. I think I'm up for dating. Don't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> if your mood swings were really bad, though, would you really have to try on a date to, to quell them? I don't think I've ever met anybody that the moods would go really mad on a strict, on a stranger that would date them for the first night, if I'm honest. I think it's more likely, like more likely to kick off when your long-term relationship or you know you can be yourself or I think yeah I think yeah that's a generalization I don't think we're all nutters like that on dates and going out no okay um, so so we're safe for like six months when we're dating but <laughs> after six months we're just going to come come in one day and you're just going to snap at us and that's it no it's not like <laughs> but don't we snap at you anyway in the younger days well yeah generally yeah, yeah. I think I just got to realize that if we do snap, just leave us alone. It's nothing personal half the time. Um, but, yeah, if you're going out, nah, dating just the same as everybody. And I think it's a lot to do with self-confidence. I think a lot of women, I think they'd be more nervous because they're losing self-confidence because they're gaining weight or they feel not as sexy. I know a lot of women feel like they're invi um, invisible now, you know. Um, Maybe they've divorced, they haven't got friends the same, um, feeling sluggish. And that's kind of why I love what I do because I get a group of women all at the same age, different stages in the life. And we all work together and it's like friendship and I think that's what you need. So I would say people were more nervous and not to do with the moods, but because of how they feel and how they look in themselves. Okay. So what about the, the sex side of things? Because for women, the sex drive can, can drop. Um, 
and I understand it can be quite painful as well during the menopause for certain people. Again, not everyone's the same, but for a lot of women, it can be painful. So again, does, how does that affect relationships? It can affect because a lot of women can like it hurts because it can get really dry, you know, the vaginal um, dryness. Um, so that's one issue. A lot of it, the libido goes down and they just, they just don't feel like it. But then also, if you're not feeling very sexy in yourself, that's naturally going to make you feel, you know, not as sexy. You don't want to have sex. Um, but again, it, it's different. I've got women who still love sex, you know, in the, in the menopause as well. And I think that's why there's no, there's, there's a big umbrella, you know, of people, you know, that um, experience differently. Some women come into their own in the 40s and they're loving sex. But then you've got the others who, you know, it's it's hard and i just think it's self-confidence understanding what's happening and realizing that you don't have to be a size eight or a size 10 to be sexy you know it's so much more to it yeah i think from my clients i get this from both sides and it's amazing how many of my clients actually talk about sex and they'll say well we haven't had sex for two years but they haven't actually talked about it they no one's explained why they've just it's it's dried up for want of a better word and it's just it's, it's just gone that way for so long that no one talks about it now, but the man's frustrated. The woman's kind of frustrated that the man's not making approaches, but he feels again, that he's it's not going to get him anywhere if he does. So you end up at this, this crossroads where no one ends up doing anything about it. Sometimes just talking about it could, could make it a lot, lot easier. You can understand like the man being frustrated, but then you, the woman's like maybe not feeling very good about herself. She might be feeling more self-conscious. And I think with women, when it comes to sex, it's more, you get turned on by the mind more. You know, I think men, it's more physical. I think women need to be felt made to feel special or cared for and turned on mentally, you know, and feel loved. And I think that's kind of the difference. And I think that can be highlighted more because if she's going through something like the menopause and she's feeling like she's not being understood, but it's hard because you don't understand either. And I think you have to talk and meet in the middle and realize what's going on, which can be easier said than done. But if, if men can understand a little bit more what's happening, then that should help a little bit. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, what do I think? I think probably from that, we need to buy more flowers and, and yeah. be a bit more patient and uh, yeah, probably. Uh, well, no, not more flowers. That's no. Anyone can buy flowers. You've just got. To, <laughs> you've got to be more like listening, understanding, attentive. Okay. Yeah. Then you might get what you want. <laughs> okay. So, so to every man listening, you you've got to you've got to sit there and and yeah, pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not just watch the football in the background and, and pretend you're listening. Yeah. But I think in in life, that's a lot of relationships, isn't it? As well, I think. A lot of people don't communicate and especially if you are going through the menopause and you've been together a long time things that you know things that exciting and things can be highlighted a lot more yeah i was just going to say that if you have if you have been together a long time if you have been together like 20 years 15 20 years and things generally are probably going that way anyway at that stage of life and then the menopause again just yeah. just highlights the situation more than anything else and like, yeah like i was saying sometimes it's hard to know whether it is the menopause or whether sometimes relationships fizzle out don't they um, yep. but it does highlight everything and i think that's what makes women feel a bit irrational um it highlights just everything in your world <laughs> <laughs> well there we go then so in sort of 30 30 minutes we've 
talked a lot about the women's side of things with the menopause. And in the last 10 minutes, we've given the guys some information to, to take away and make things a bit easier for you ladies. Is there anything else that, that I've missed? Anything else that really stands out for you working with your clients that you'd like to add? Um, just ditch the fatty diets, especially in the menopause. You can't just go low calorie. Don't spend hundreds of pounds on juices. It is not the time to do it. Okay, it really is not the time to do it. It will affect your mood, it will affect stop going low fat, that's going to affect your mood even more. Um, just remember stress levels, it's just going to make things worse. You just it plus it, you, high stress levels is going to waste your muscle, it's going to lower your metabolism, blah blah blah. But it's just focus on your stress, watch your sugar intake. It, understand that it's normal what you're going through. Talk to people. Find someone like myself or somebody who specialises in it. You know, go to classes that are more based around that, um, and and just realise it's a natural part of life, and it doesn't have to be the end. You know, it doesn't have to be doom and gloom. You know, like I was saying to you, like with what I've been through in my thirties, I feel like now I understand like my anxiety from having it from a young child to now I understand what's going on so I can deal with it and I feel like I'm, I found myself you know and I think it doesn't always have to be I don't, that's what I want to get across it doesn't have to be doom and gloom because you're in the 40s 50s menopause it could be a new chapter you've got loads of time to do everything you want to do good great yeah. advice <laughs> thanks for that Karen you're welcome There we go. That was something a little bit different for the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast, but I absolutely loved it. I'm so grateful Karen's come on and and shared her experience and shared her knowledge. Um, And it's a great subject to talk about. Uh, I've been, as I said at the start, I've been very lucky to work with Karen in the same business coaching group for for 12 months now, as it is. And and I happen to know that she's been running some retreats with a a fellow coach as well, um, some overseas retreats. And they've been a great success. And if you connect with Karen via the show notes, keep an eye out for her retreats because although I didn't go on the retreat, they looked amazing. I've seen behind the scenes of the retreats and, and they're great value for everybody who goes. And I strongly recommend that if you ever think about doing a retreat, you ever think about going on a short break with a coach and and connecting and improving your health and your well-being and your happiness, have a look around for Karen. Search for her on social media, say the links are in the show notes. And keep an eye out for when she does an extra treat. I promise you that they look absolutely amazing and you're not going to be disappointed. So as I said, next episode, so episode 52 and onwards, I'm going to be flying solo for a little while. I'm going to explain firstly why these podcasts have taken so long to come out and the reason why they've taken so long to come out and, and the change in me, the change in my life, the change in my lifestyle. And more than anything else, the way I approach life now. In the last few months, I've been qualified as a meditation teacher. I'm now a registered meditation teacher. And throughout the Path to Happiness program that's been launched this year, the meditations have been so popular. I've, I've really surprised. I was so hesitant to put meditations out there. It was it was kind of new for me and I, I didn't know how people would respond. And people have shown so much love for them. And probably the only complaint of the Path to Happiness program is there's not been enough meditations. And, and that's a huge plus for the program. And And as the program launches again in September this year, there is going to be a dedicated meditation module for that reason, um, because everyone has wanted more. And it's it's great that people have wanted more. It's great that people have 
loved the meditations and got a benefit from it. And I want to talk about that. I've become a lot more spiritual in the last six months and I've, I've connected with my, my inner self a lot more and I want to talk about that. So the, the podcasts will be less scripted. There'll be just me and it will be, I can't even tell you what episode 52 is going to be about. I have no idea. I'm just going to pick up the mic as I did in episode 49 and I'm just going to let go and just tell you what's on my mind and I'm going to share how I get through the days, how I how I live a healthy life and, and, and how my life is going. And if I struggle that day, I'm going to tell you I struggle that day. And it's going to be a very open, honest few episodes coming up. So please stay tuned for that. Please subscribe so you don't miss these upcoming episodes. You're going to love them. I'm going to try and keep them to 30 minutes again, go back to the old format. Um, because I'm sure, I'm sure as much as you love these podcasts, you're not going to sit there and listen to me for 60 minutes. Um, so 30 minutes is, is enough, I think. Um, but I'll keep them very regular. And I'll keep you updated on everything that's going on with Health Buddy and with me and my life and, and the Path to Happiness program and everything evolved around Health Buddy. Up until then, please take care, make the healthiest choices you possibly can, and enjoy life every single day. And I'll speak to you again in episode 52.